thanks so much for joining us for today's edition of Love I Box. Today I've got a special guest for you guys. Uh, she's a really good friend of mine. She is a sexologist, a switch orgasm expert, and um, a really, really interesting person. I mean, you're just gonna see, I can't even explain it. When you see this conversation, you will understand what I'm talking about. The incredible, the informative, the interesting, Nikki Morgan. Well, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate you uh, coming on to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I, it's um, a pleasure and an honor to uh, be on your podcast. You know how much I love having conversation with you. And if you don't, now you do. Thank you. We always do have great conversations. Um, and we're going to have one for the people today so they get to see a little bit of why I thought you were so great and I had to bring you on. Um, okay. So tell everyone a little bit about what you do so I can get an overview. And then um, we'll, we'll take things from there. Sure, sure. <laughs> so um, my name is Nikki Morgan, and I am a clinical sexologist. I'm a speaker. I'm an educator. Uh, I also am an immersive experience curator, um, and I use that skill set in particular for learning um, and transforming sexual energy, um, having um, breakthroughs, um, and transformational um, uh, perspectives to open up how we move with our lives in sexuality and everything connected to it, which is everything. <laughs> <laughs> so naturally one's gonna start off like how did you find that path? like mm. start from the beginning so like what was life for you like growing up where did you grow up what was that sure um well uh i i'm a brooklyn born and raised um, where Brooklyn at? Where Brooklyn at? Where Brooklyn at? Where Why are you like that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's all you need. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, born and raised in Brooklyn, first generation here. So, my parents are not born in America. Um, I'm Jamaican and Haitian, so I was, uh, I grew up in that culture, and in Brooklyn, it's very rich. Out in the streets, they call it murder. You don't want to romp with me. So, <laughs> uh, and you know, just that alone kicked it off, really. Being born in America to, um, to a Haitian and Jamaican family, that's what kicked it off. Um, I will say for my more spiritual and more, uh, uh, more all time is now people, um, I do believe that this was a purpose that I was just born into because there was, there was never a time that that was not a conversation. Um, the observation of different cultures um, and what I grew up with versus what was so shameful in America um, is what stood out to me. 
you know, in my household, um, and I grew up mostly on my Jamaican side, um, but, you know, the body was not a challenge in the way that America sees, um, sees the body. So, you know, wearing a short skirt or, you know, um, showing a lot of skin or twerking, as people call it now, that when I was young, we were just dancing, <laughs> winding up our wheels, skinning mm -hmm. out, you okay, know? It, it, it was booty shaking out here. It was just straight up booty shaking. It was just booty shaking, okay. <laughs> right. Okay, that's what I'm saying. So, um, so all those things were very regular. Those things were very normal. Um, you know, who's, who's able to, you know, stand on their hands or their head and be able to tick, 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 tick your waist. Like these were, we were very familiar with our bodies. Mm -hmm. And so when I started going to school and I really got integrated into American culture, um, you know, it was, the reactions were very jarring. Um, so it was definitely from, from my childhood, it was something to say, oh, okay, I should pay attention to this. Um, and then it continued, um, you know, I went to Catholic school um, until I was in fourth grade. And, um, you know, those conversations also began where I was in, I was in Catholic school and, and, and they were using um, a, what I'm gonna refer to as corporal punishment, where if you, you can get, you can have a, a spelling test and if you got two wrong, then when the spelling test got, got passed out, you got, you got lashes for every one you got wrong. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, so the perspective of what pleasure was and what, um, what celebrating, what, what celebrating um, uh, things that were right didn't, it, it didn't, it also didn't matter um, the way, the way it does now um, as, as an adult, as us winning or as, as a direction towards pleasure. Because growing up in that school, there, there really wasn't, it was, um, it was just a matter of are you gonna get a little bit of punishment or a lot of bit of punishment? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, so I think that was also catalyst and making me uh, start to just accept things as they are and really not even have a direction of whether things need to be pleasurable or not. And so it made me curious why everyone was so angry about other things as I got older. I didn't understand what an angry, the stereotypical, um, you know, angry black woman was until I started hearing that from others um, outside of my family. And so it's just, it just continued. Um, uh, and I noticed very much so that um, the core of it, as I began to grow was sex and at the time religion. Um, I, I was going through my, I was going through some of my old things and I found a paper that I wrote in fifth grade. Um, and at the time, the Pope was infallible. That was one of the rules. 
um, it, it's, it's since now been diminished, but, um, but I wrote a whole paper on whether the Pope was um, a religious leader or a politician. <laughs> and this is the things that I was thinking about when I was in fifth grade. So um, it just continued and it got deeper and I wanted to understand and learn more about the world because my core search was just for more playmates. Mm. More playmates, that's it, just more playmates. So what do you need to feel better so that we can play? <laughs> that's right. it, that's, that was the core. Um, so let me stop you because you, sure, sure. there's so many places I could go. Um, and to answer the question, the Pope is both a politician and... <laughs> My fifth grade self thanks you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, definitely, yeah. it's definitely its own sort of parliament, House of Congress, once you start to get to that level of religion. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, as you're talking about wanting playmates, what were some of your earlier experiences um, being aware of your body and becoming aware of sex and sexuality? What was my, can, can you repeat that? Yeah, like when, when did you start becoming aware of yourself sexually? And oh. what was that um, process like? Mm. So, um, <laughs> in this, this duality, you know, this dual environment. Yeah. So it was, it was so well integrated that I didn't have like a moment. Um, and what I mean by that is, I mean, I, one, I was, my body was very well developed early on. Um, I, I, I started my moon cycle when I was nine. Um, I started, I started, my breast started to develop when I was in third grade. And by fifth grade, I had a D cup. Um, I looked like an adult. I had very, very grown men wanting to talk to me on the street. Um, and my, my responses to that were just very balanced because, again, growing up in my Jamaican household, um, these things were not things that, you know, it, it's, a, it's a matriarchal society, um, my, my Jamaican household, right? So, um, my Jamaican culture, excuse me. So, if any man or any person acts out of pocket, to this woman, right, or th this th this vessel that is reflecting to you as as a woman, um, we just check you. We just check you if you need to be checked. We know we can see through it. If oh my goodness, baby boy, you don't even know what you're doing right now. You know, like it's just um, it. So I, I always had I always had the the proper response to balance myself. Um, if someone was more or less aggressive. Um, I, by the time I was 13, 
I was already in the mindset, you know, I, I was already, I already um, was starting to, no, I started to, I started to self-pleasure. I discovered self-pleasuring at maybe nine or 10. And that was just um, from just rubbing, you know, rubbing on a pillow um, and really discovering that. But even that wasn't, that was when I discovered orgasm, actually. That's, yeah, that's when I discovered orgasm, around 9 or 10, because um, previous to that, you know, riding bikes, you rub up again, so your, your, your clitoris may feel a little something, so you feel pleasurable, and it's not anything that is other, it's just, it's all very integrated, all, no one made me feel shame about it, my family, um, I grew up in a house full of women, so we all joked about things, um, there was a, my aunt, who is very outspoken, very, very outspoken. I remember coming home one day and um, in fifth grade, and she says, she says, um, she goes, what are you titty them so big for? You have someone fucking upon them? And, <laughs> and um, for those that didn't understand what I meant, uh, um, all she said was, and all she said was, why yeah, are you titties so big? Huh? Why, why do you have a big city? Is it someone sucking on them? Right, exactly, yes. <laughs> and and they're, and they're jokes but and but it's all jokes right and so the humor was always in my household there was never there was never a body shaming conversation um and in fact even in the jamaican household um well no there there, there is a, a little bit of a flip in in american culture so um, you know, Jamaican culture to be voluptuous, to be, to, you know, have, have weight, to be a big mompy, you know, is, um, is, 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 um, is sought after or, or not even sought after, but just, um, very accepted. It's, it's seen as, um, as, as something that is, uh, that's very highly, um, highly, highly, uh, appreciated. Appreciated. Thank you. Um, and then if you're, and then if you happen to be very thin, um, then there there are conversations about MAGA and Twiggy and things of that nature. So there was a bit of an opposite, but again, because of how the culture is, even if someone did come at you on, you know, you too, you too skinny or whatever it was, um, the culture, our words are very, um, we, we speak, we speak in a lot of metaphors and we are really good at roasting. We're very good at roasting, <laughs> um, sometimes to a violent point in the ro in the roasting. So you know, there's balances in that culture. But um, anyway, by the time I was 13, I had already been no between 12 and 13. I was already in my mind thinking, who do I want to engage in my first sexual experience with? And I was choosing, I was thinking, I was interviewing. People didn't know I was doing that, but that's what I was doing. Um, uh, you know, there was heavy petting that was happening and or making out as a lot of people call it. And I would notice, oh, someone, you know, I, I told that person not to put their hand up my shirt. They took their hand away, but then they put their hand back up after I asked them not to. Oh, that person can't do it. Nope. Cause that person don't even listen to me. Like these were conversations I already was having. Um, you know, and I didn't recognize at that time the value of um, my knowledge of what consent was. 
So um, I had chosen who the partner was going to be after a few, a few thoughts, a few thoughts and, and very deep consideration. So I've always been very intentional about not just my sexual interaction. And by the way, I look at everything as sex, <laughs> um, uh, but for the sake of our conversation and sex being other, um, I would be very highly intentional with my sex, my sexual interactions, and everything else for that matter. And I would always ask the questions, well, why? Well, why can't I hang out with, with a group of boys and ride bikes and hang out on the street? And why do I need to play with this little white Barbie that don't look nothing like me? You know, don't look like anybody I know. Um, you know what I mean? So I was always very conscious of that. So it just very much, it was all very integrated. Um, by the time I was my late teens, I got into managing, um, managing dancers, um, exotic dancers, private, with private, uh, private, um, uh, events, private home parties. Mm -hmm. Um, and while I was doing that, I was still a very good student. Um, I, you know, I, I, I got my awards. I, you know, I was recognized for all of these things, these, you know, these documents. Um, I, I had, I had a, I had a lean in on law for a little while. Um, went to the Supreme Court and um, was able to hang out with them for a little while. And even that I didn't really appreciate at all. I didn't, um, <laughs> I should have, <laughs> I have a picture of me where all the other candidates are there and I'm, I'm the only, I'm, I'm the only, I'm the only candidate that looks like me. And, um, and my face is just, it's a screw face. It's like, I don't even want to be here, <laughs> you know? So almost, almost um, resenting my, my mind and my skill. Um, and then I went to international sales um, at a watch company. I was traveling a lot in my early 20s. And um, I was very good at talking on the phone to my international clients for sales. And I had the phone voice um, that I didn't recognize either. Um, I... <laughs> And so that voice, I think, um, also assisted in me being really good at what I did. Um, so, you know, I was also very much in my divinity by then, by, by my, in my sexual divinity by then. By then, I, I had understood orgasm in a way that, um, with lovers, that really made me invincible. You know, I would show up to work an hour late and everyone else would be upset, but my work always got done and it never interrupted anything. Um, and that was also what I noticed, you know, um, because of my sexuality, because of just our, our fear of it, it does, it sometimes it doesn't even allow people to see things just as they are, which is all right, which is what, you know, you know, what, what's happening now, like, you know, uh, if the work is getting done, if it's successful, if it's meaningful, if it's useful, then does the bureaucracy need to be? 
so while so when that voice started to kick in um someone asked me if i would do calls at a um at an escort service and um screen calls at an escort service and i was like no i'm making enough money i'm good <laughs> and um and the friend said to me well you know the owner thinks that black people are lazy and that they steal. And, you know, because of what I was already on since fifth grade, I was like, oh, yeah, I let me meet this lady. <laughs> psychology on you. Huh? I used a little psychology on you. She definitely did. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. She did. So I went. And also, I mean, she, she did, but also, you know, this is, this is the flow, right? You know, we, we, we move to what we are, we are truly attracted to. So, um, so I went there and my interview was a trial of the calls. And I made that woman double the money that she usually even charges. <laughs> and, um, and just playing. I, I did not know what I was getting into. I was just playing on the phone, playing some voices, using my imagination like I already do. Um, and so because of that, uh, it, she welcomed me. It started out, I was just doing, you know, on the weekends, answering calls, really not, still not understanding the gravity of what I was doing. Not understanding. Um, because I still had the, the human ignorance, you know, um, of, you know, I, I didn't have that experience. I am still, I'm still working at this international, um, doing international sales at this company. But then at the same time, um, on the weekends, I'm doing this, this calling and, and it's all the same to me, all the same. And now I'm this 21, 22, 23 year old making mad like dollars from left and right you know, also not recognizing what that gravity is either. Um, just moving through it. <laughs> um, also at the same time, um, I'm meeting, I'm meeting, um, I'm meeting some adult, adult industry friends who are, uh, who are uh, in the video aspect of things, um, producers, um, I have girlfriends that, you know, girlfriends who are not in this at all. And, and this, these are people that are in the music industry who are friends of mine who are coming to visit me just to say hi. And there's like sex being recorded in the back. And like we're talking, I remember one, one incident in particular, a girlfriend of mine came to visit me and I wanted to give her something. And there's like loud, loud sexual, oh, oh, going on in the background. And it didn't occur to me how uncomfortable it was <laughs> for someone that's never been in it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So she, um, so I, so it was something that I recognized because of course I want my the people that I love in my life to be comfortable. So I started to really pay more attention <laughs> to these things. Um, and then things got a little hot at the, um, at the, uh, at the escort service. 
Um, when I say hot, meaning um, at that time there was uh, what we were calling now the Craigslist killer. Uh-huh. And, and while we are Craigslist strangler, I think it's Craigslist killer. But um, and 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 the escort service that I was um, that I was um, screaming at, we never used um, Craigslist or any of those um, those publications to uh, to connect to clients. But what we did do, we had but we had um, the women that were working with us who were friends of some of these women that use Craigslist. So when we did like, um, when, when we did, uh, when we did in calls, um, which in calls are when the client will come to you um, and instead of you going to the client, um, there was next door to one of the women that we worked with, someone got strangled and killed. And it was someone who was doing in calls and it was her friend. Um, and she was answering her own calls. Now, when I answered calls, um, and I did not recognize at the time, I was also really honing a lot of the skill sets that I use till, still to today, where um, I use my divining abilities through sexuality, through orgasm. Um, orgasm allows us to have, to, to have grander senses than just the five. And orgasmic energy um, is, uh, uh, is our primal, is, is primal energy. It's, um, it's primordial energy. So um, these are, these are skill sets that are, that are born before we are physically born. Um, and uh, so they took the whole, they took the whole, um, the whole floor in. And it was at that moment that I recognized that um, there is a huge, huge unfairness that was happening. And this is my, my, 20, my early 20-something brain, you know, before, um, before I really understood what was happening. And my timeline may be a little over, overlapped on some things. And also, this is the first time I'm sharing this in recording with someone. So thank you. Well, thank you for, um, for sharing this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the killers um, was, was going around and killing people, and I recognized how, how terribly unfair this, um, this, this life and this work was for these women. These were women that had become my family. These were women that depended on me to tell them whether or not the person that I'm saying, okay, go to this person, that they're not going to kill them, that they're not going to violate them in any way that they are going to pay them for their time, um, that they are not um, an officer of the law or anyone that's looking to take them in. These were things that um, they depended on me for. And I was really, really good at it. 
I was really good at it because of my psychic abilities, because of my telepathic abilities, because of my ability to speak to everyone's higher selves beyond the face that they present. So speaking to people on the phone was really easy. And I had already started that ability from when I was working in the, um, working at the uh, watch international company. watch company. Yes. Right. Yeah. And by, and by that time I had been fired. <laughs> I had been, I, by that time, by that time I had been fired and it all transitioned very gracefully. I had been fired from the company because my girlfriend and I, we worked at the same company and we always separated ourselves and never spoke to each other at the job because we're the only people that look like ourselves. And we wanted to make sure that you good, you good, you know, and, and if we need to be friends with the people that we need to be friends with in order for us to protect ourselves, then let's do that. And then we'll meet on the flip side. But silly us in our early twenties, we were emailing each other, chatting <laughs> the entire time on the work email. Oh, wow. <laughs> like they're not going to say Right. So nothing was secret. And, you know, we didn't, you know, first, first real job, you know what I mean? And, and this was before, like, this is, and this is also internet tech wasn't as, wasn't as profound as it is now. So, you know, it's what it was, but it was still fine because after they fired us, I mean, it was okay. Like a bad day was $2,000 from the other, from the other, from, from the escort service, you know, and that was just my cut. So, you know, it was fine. There was no, it was, it was actually freeing. Um, so back to the killer um, and the unfairness of the, for these women, um, what I found was that uh, instead of, instead of taking, in, instead of making sure are they okay, um, making sure that they weren't hurt, um, being concerned, they took them all in and kept them in holding. They didn't arrest them, but they kept them in holding for, for, for the entire night, for the entire night. And we could not get a hold of them. We could not see them. Um, and simply because of the work that they do, because that is not how you would treat anyone else that was, that, that was not in that work, who, who, who was witness to or a friend of someone who just got strangled and killed next door to you. That is not how you would have been treated. So it was at that moment that I realized, okay, wow, things really started to get serious for me, you know? Um, and the owner of the escort service um, was, was getting very aggressive um, because money was going down and she was starting to talk to me in ways that I did not appreciate. And, you know, I'm also very clear on who I am. So, uh, so what I did was I just left the keys early in the morning and I bounced and I ghosted on her. All of the women, this was not intentional, but all of the women that worked for her did not want to continue working for her because they did not feel safe, because they did not feel appreciated. So they called me and as family, as friends, they asked, Hey, can you, can you, can you, can you get our phones for us? Can you, can you still do what you're doing for us? And so 
I said, okay, because I could not sit by and, and know that there's a killer out there, that um, they're out there working and now their lives are, are in danger. And these are women that are paying for their homes, for their children, taking care of their grandparents. They got car payments. Like these are regular people. And these were things, again, that hit me that I'm just like, again, my early 20s, all of my ahas, all of my ignorance, all of my innocence um, really started to take form um, in, what, in what was happening. So I continued to answer phones for them. Um, and I, I readjusted the, the, um, the income piece so that they would get a little bit more since my overhead was far less than what was happening. It was still very much business. It was still very much entrepreneurial. It's still regular work like anything else. And, um, and the stories that they told, oh my gosh, we have to share another time, but um, those stories are very inspirational and it's, and it's by far nothing still till today. This is almost 20 years later and it's still, it is still the, um, the conversation that, that still needs to be had on why this work is important. Um, so it got to a point though, where I started to have to really look over my shoulder. Now we had, now we had a lot of um, detectives that were smelling around us. They were smelling around us. They were, and, and then also you got to understand that um, there, there are a lot of different personalities that I'm also managing now, right? So, um, and, and our business is starting to grow and become bigger. So the personality traits, now I'm dealing with all kinds of, um, of individuals and some are joining this work because of their trauma. Some are joining the work because of their, our love, their love of it. Some are doing it because of the need, whatever the reason is. And I had to manage all of those emotions, all of those emotions, those traumas. And um, there was one young lady in particular and I knew that she loved attention. So we, we, planned, um, a, uh, we, we planned an event for a, it was a television company, it was a, it was a channel premiere. It was, it was an event for a channel premiere. By the way, yes, by that time, I had taken the business corporate. And, um, so there was one event and there were 12 of us at the event. I scheduled 12 of us. And I'm looking around, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my networking thing while everyone is doing their thing and making sure everyone is okay as I do till, till now. And I can't find one of the, women that I'm working with. And I'm like, where is she? That is a, where is she? I always, I always have an eye on everybody. So I went looking for her and I found her in the back of the studio and she's on the phone. And I'm like, what are you doing on the phone? What are you doing? And she says, she puts on hold and she goes, it's the detective. He wants to ask me some questions. So I'm just answering some questions for him. <laughs> And, and my flashbacks, like not my, I had visions because I get visions. I had visions of 
First, it triggered a Heidi Fleiss conversation. <laughs> then it triggered a, a vision of all of us getting lined up and taken out with, um, with, with handcuffs. Yeah. <laughs> And everybody, not just not just not just anyone from my business, but every everyone, the whole channel, right? Corporate, hi. So I said, get off the phone. <laughs> now <laughs> get off the phone. She said, okay. <laughs> she hangs up the phone. I said, girl, are you crazy? What are you doing? What are you doing? All right, you know what? Nah, you can't play no more. You cannot play no more, nope, because you are endangering everyone. I don't know how much you've already told this detective, and you're doing it while you're in the middle of work. What is going on? Mm. So that was my real wake-up call that things needed to shift dramatically. So I had to let them know. Um, I, I weaned off. I weaned off. Uh, but I had to let the ladies know that we can no, we can't we can't continue this. We're, we're too compromised. Things are there's too many things happening. So we had to stop. And from that point on, I said, I have got to put my life into adjusting this misunderstanding. These women risk their lives. They are not supported. This, this is not right. This is not right. This is not right for so many reasons. Um, people have a right to pleasure. People have a right to, to, um, to sacred space where they can express themselves however they wish in whichever way they, they want to, as long as it's with consent. Um, and to even be challenged with the, with the conversation around consent. And how can you even consent if you are already being um, being uh, uh, marginalized, if you're already marginalized, then your consent is already taken away. Hmm. So, you know, these these things all hit all like a ton of bricks when I made the decision to no longer continue that business. And I decided that I, I woke up one morning. I don't know what. Again, I do know what but I can't tell you anything physically or a, a, or, a, or a trigger that happened outside of me other than all those things where I got on the computer and I said, I have to find a way to make myself be able to talk about this freely, legally, and, and be a support in this and respected in this. And so I searched around by the time when I was doing that, then there were no NYU, all of these little schools were not doing any kind of sexuality, anything. Um, in fact, America rarely had any. And there were two schools that were holding it down. And that was um, the Institute of Advanced Study of Human Sexuality, which was in San Francisco, and another. Um, and that was Kinsey, the Kinsey Institute. So um, I decided to go to San Francisco because it would be far more diverse for a vessel that looks like this in interfacing in the social norms that are here in America. So um, I did that and I started to go to school. And while I was going to school um, for that, uh, and this was after I left Brooklyn College and St. John's, um, I, St. John's University, um, I, um, 
I was also working in the music industry at the same time. So while I was going to school and the music industry, those things were paralleling and it gave me more information of like, what are we doing? You know, the over-sexualization of women, um, uh, the, um, even, even the business dynamic behind it, you know, I was so curious as to why were there no women executives? And if they were, what did that look like? And what it looked like was, um, was an abbreviation of, of emotional expression in every way. Um, and so many other things that, that came out that I learned from this. Um, yeah, it was a lot. Um, but I continued, I continued. Um, after I left the music business, um, I was, and again, this was always transitional, always graceful. There was never a, a moment where I just dropped. There was never a moment where I suffered. There was never a moment where I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have, what am I going to do? And when that did happen, there was still something that always provided. So again, walking in that orgasmic energy always kept me in grace. Always, always, always. Um, there's a lot of side conversations with everything that I'm telling you. Everything about learning abilities, um, how to how to exchange sexual energy, how to suck sexual energy, um, how to cultivate it. Um, gosh, how, how, how to use it um, in alchemy um, in such a way that it's conscious. Um, so many, so many side conversations that happen with this, um, uh, side situation, side experiences that were not, it's all, there is no side, but and this was um, what you were learning in San Francisco, or was this things that you had been picking up along the way? Um, this was this was all on the way and in San Francisco. In San Francisco, when I started going to the institute, it was like a, it was like someone hit me with with glitter, fresh air, bubbles love, orgasms, all of it, because I never understood what being a geek was. Shout out to Reed. Um, I never understood what being a geek was until I got to that school, because I had, I was good at so many things. By the time, I mean, what, I was, I was singing, I was singing at Carnegie Hall by the time I was in junior high school. I, you know, I told you, I, I never appreciated being with the, with the Supreme Court. I, you know, I was, I was doing international sales and I was still just doing whatever I wanted. It didn't, it didn't matter. I didn't have the eagerness, but I was doing it because I was already orgasmic. I was already just excited about life and open. But when I got to the Institute and I was around all these people that I did not have to explain anything to, that I could grow upon a thought with, I mean, that in itself was an orgasmic continuum there. Um, so, uh, so I took, so the school though, what the school did, it, it may not have given me, it didn't, it, it, it gave me, it gave me it gave me a reference on how, on, on where I am, 
it gave me a reference on where I am in the world that we were creating. Um, so that was really beautiful. That was really beautiful. Um, it gave me information about how to communicate these feelings and these emotions. Um, it gave me historical referencing and background. It gave me the understanding of how important experiential learning truly is. Um, it gave me understanding of how collaboration is so very important. Um, it gave me an understanding of the responsibility that you hold to yourself if you are in this career choice, because if you are not constantly working on yourself, if you are not constantly addressing your dark spaces, your shadow world, your, um, your sexual curiosities, your, um, your, your level of openness and continuously questioning and decolonizing, shout out to Dr. Z, um, decolonizing yourself, you know what I mean? Then you're not gonna be able to do the justice that you need to meet your clients or your groups or your students or your peers where you need to meet them which in turn just is like life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like how, how, how do you show up to your, whatever you're doing, being your best? You know, how do we have and hold a world that we can be proud of if we are not taking the responsibility of showing up and doing our personal work? So um, the school impacted me a great deal. Unfortunately, it is closed now because of funding issues. Um, but luckily, it seeded so many of me's. And, um, and so there are many other schools open. There are, um, there are many classes. There are many workshops that people can, um, it, 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 it bursts, it bursts, it bursts. And just like death, you know, um, when, 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 that, when that entity or that being um, transitions, all of the memories, all of the energy, all of, of what they were disperses and, and cycles and cycles out into all of us and lives in us however we need to continue that message. Um, so yeah. Uh, I want to yeah, uh, so mm -hmm. stop you there because there's a little bit sure, of yeah, I'm talking a lot. I mean, it's it's interesting. This is the first time I'm hearing uh, some of this information about you. So I'm sitting and listening and learning about you with everyone else at the moment. So um, there are things that um, in my research and just in our conversations, I couldn't prep for in that way. So it's been very enlightening yeah. to see the person that I've gotten to know and hearing a little bit more of the origin story so it's been particularly particularly amazing um as you're talking about death i mean in this moment uh where we're dealing with um, a pandemic and lots of people whom have had a life that is interrupted and are having their lives shaking up, whether it's being losing a loved one or um, 
like the young ladies that you worked with, having someone close to them taking away and not having the opportunity to uh, deal with that, how does your work help? You know, mm, mm, God, thank you for that question. What a gift. Thank you for that conversation. Thank you for that question. Um, and I'm, I'm taking a moment to really thank you for that because yes, we are, we, we are filming right now in the middle of a pandemic and I know that this will continue well past it. Um, and uh, my work, to put it simply, is about presence. To put it really, really simply, it's about presence. When I talk about orgasm, when I talk about sexual pleasure, when I talk about bliss, when I talk about transitioning and transforming um, uh, blocks that we have, I am I'm really giving you a skill set or a tool that assists you in any aspect of life, any aspect of life. So, and the skill set is moving our way towards presence because when we are able to be in presence, then we are able to sit in and access our bliss state, access our, our most pleasurable selves, because that's where we come from. Um, what I mean is what I mean when I say that's where we come from. Sexual energy is, again, it's primordial energy. Sexual energy is what animates you, animates me, animates all that we see, literally all that we see, everything, the air we breathe, the, the atoms that are created, all of what we see. Um, and so orgasm is a buildup of that energy in this vessel. And, or actually, it's the buildup and release of that, of that energy in the, of this vessel. So what is the difference between that and, and death? What is, what is the difference between that and, and sorrow and grief? The buildup may feel different. It may feel differently. But when you release that buildup, when you forgive, think about when you forgive, when you, when you forgive someone, you know when you forgive. You can say you forgive someone, but you know in your body if you really forgive someone. Because when you forgive, the tension goes away. And it's just like, all right, I get why you did that. I understand. You know, there's no more defense. It's now it's, um, 
it's giving yourself to that moment so that you can understand it. It's, it's, it's surrendering yourself to that moment. It is a great surrender. It is a great surrender. Death is that. Death is that great surrender as the vessel that is, that is transitioning in addressing our fear of death. And then it's also in the effects of all that, of who we affect and the sorrow and the buildup and the regret and the supposed to's and the withdrawals of what we feel because we lost someone. And um, the pandemic, While we are talking about a virus and not even the ability for it to kill, right? But the ability of its spread and, and us becoming so overwhelmed by the spread that we cannot support the ones that do need the support in the medical, uh, in the medical facilities, in the hospitals. And, um, and that's happening. That's happening. That's real. I, I have a family member that recently passed um, due to the virus, right? Um, or the effects of the virus, not the virus itself, but what the virus does to your body, right? Um, so that's real. But the fear and the panic is the thing that is very contagious. And that is what's making the world go crazy. Um, and the fear comes in all faces. So my work is absolutely connected to understanding ourselves in such a way that we no longer fear not only ourselves, not only our pleasure, not only each other, but we don't fear letting go of this, of this life because we are living our best all the time. So there should not be a fear, right? There shouldn't be a fear. Shouldn't be a fear, ideally. And then there's also our very physical and emotional aspects of ourselves that I go very deeply into that is still also very connected to our sexuality because in sexuality we deal with trauma and all that comes with it. So, the death is actually, it's, it's part of that trauma. It is, it is, it's, it's the withdrawal. It's, 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 it's fear of that letting go again, fear of, of that letting go. So fear of death, fear of loss. That's root chakra. That is foundational understanding of what and who we are which are the tools that I assist with in understanding our sexuality. They're one and the same. I mean, that's a powerful thought uh, when you really analyze the impact of energy in that Death can be as sweet a release 
as orgasm. And in theory, orgasm is death because if the life that you release doesn't pollinate, it immediately dies. So there is a constant circle of life and energy change that we see that we experience on a you know cellular molecular level i mean even when you think about plants i know you're a plant lady um, i live in georgia so it's spring it's pollen season you know there's nothing but tree sperm floating around everywhere um it's the same life it's the replenishing um it's the burst, as you called it. Uh, a while ago, you said you see everything as sex. Can you explain to our audience what you mean by that? Sure, I would love to. Um, so once I started to engage my, my orgasmic walk, mm -hmm. Um, and really understand my build up and release relationship with everything. It then allowed me to walk backwards a little bit and see how, where, where the seeding moments have been, where the, um, where the gestation was, and then walking back even further before the seeding, being able to say, well, what was that first engagement? What was, um, what aroused me about that engagement that allowed me to continue engaging? Um, and then deciding on how I want to engage with it. And, you know, recognizing that I am a, I am a full participant in whatever I'm exchanging with another. So my relationship, you know, um, in, with everything, it, it, it changes and I get to decide how pleasurable or how much pleasure I wish to derive out of all of these things. Almost in a, in, in a way of challenging myself to, to navigate, always navigating towards that orgasmic space. Because that orgasm, as you say um, so eloquently, and thank you for saying it, um, is a death, right? It's 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 um, and a rebirth <laughs> because it it requires me to let go of everything that I thought I knew before, so that I can fully be present in this moment to allow myself this pleasure in this moment whatever it might be so even if i'm pissed off at somebody right or we're having a a, a fight of some kind even in those moments even in those moments i am always here like all right so how do i want this to play out how do i want to who do i want to be in this moment who do i want to be so, you know, I, so even in my arguments, 
even even in my arguments, I choose how I want to be. So if I want to be this person today that is throwing that tantrum, then I'm going to be that person. I'm going to do it good. And I might get the reaction that I want out of you, but I may not. You might give me something else. And that in itself is, is that not sex? Is that not sex? Is that not, you know, um, you know, us being able to engage? I mean, sometimes, I mean, I get it. When we look at sex separately, it's about, you know, there's the negotiation that happens. And I get that. There is a negotiation. Well, actually, for some of my conscious sexers, <laughs> you know, there's a negotiation that happens. Sometimes it doesn't happen verbally the way a lot of people think. Sometimes um, the negotiation might be conversational. Tell me about right. what. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, you like that? That's something you're interested in? Oh. oh, you wish that would happen? Oh, hmm. Right. <laughs> exactly. No, no, no. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then that conversation says, well, hmm. Wait a am, I, am, am I equipped to do something like that? Am I, am I into that? I think, hmm. I'm be. <laughs> Right. It's all set. It's just the conversation around because sex is so separate, it's like there's there's this let go that there's no that that you don't have a right to nav to, to, to your own navigation of whatever it is that you're in. Um but this is where you really start to just get the knock on the door of our divinity, truly our divinity. Um, but it requires us to first start to play with those things. So from, from, from first engagement, and first engagement is also pretty loaded because even something that you think that you are just engaging with in front of you physically, you engage with that well before you got to that physical space because there were things that got you to that physical space beforehand. So we are ever changing. We're always in and out, up and down. We are truly infinite in that. If you can really understand that we do not have beginning and end, which again is part of the death life conversation. Um, and so sex is everything in between. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so what I think was interesting about that the phrase that came to mind is uh, I'm going to paraphrase it but it's from a book I really like uh, The Art of Production mm -hmm. and in that book it basically states that um, seduction is the ability to have pleasurable experiences and pleasurable movements throughout your life. And seduction isn't something that you turn on and off. It's something that stays on. So every moment of your life should be a seduction as much as possible. Every moment of your life should be a moment where you're not looking 
to make resistance, but you're making someone, you're seducing them. You're seducing the person at the register. You're seducing the person that's um, on the train. You're, you're seducing the person at the cash register. You're treating them essentially um, in a manner that makes them feel warm, welcome, special, and attended. And that will, in turn, build your ability to maintain a seductive, sexual, aroused, pleasurable experience around your life. Um, that, that was a bit of a paraphrase, but that's just my, how I've received that information. So what are some of the things that you do in your daily life to help with um, that seduction and that continual orgasm state? Mm, okay, I like that one. <laughs> um, okay, so there are, are it's okay, so one, again, just like when we were talking about first sexual engagement for me, it's very integrated, it's hyper integrated, it's all the time. So some of the things that I do, um, oh, you know what? I can give you a, a line to start from. Um, I, got, I, 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 I was healing from a car accident and, um, and the car accident affected my orgasm where um, if, I, if I had any kind of convulsion in my body down below my waist, um, my injury would, would um, be agitated for the next two and three days and I was in great pain. So my direction of, of that pleasurable thing um, you know, my reference of where my divinity lies kind of diminished because now it was, it was my hell. <laughs> um, so I had to retrain myself. And by the way, when, when, when my orgasm became my hell, I became very pessimistic. I, it was very challenged for me to see how to get out of things. It was very challenging to, uh, to problem solve. Very, very hard. Um, so in understanding that and, rec and, and seeing myself in that way, I started to shift some things. So what I did to start to move myself back to flipping my hell back into my heaven, <laughs> Um, for duality purposes, even though that's, we're far more, uh, uh, we're, we're not, we're not in, <laughs> we are multi-dimensional beings. Right. <laughs> there are many, many uh, ways that that portal can take you to another place. Yes. 1000% yes. But for the simplicity of this conversation, especially for people that have never, they don't know what I'm talking about. That's why I'm using these, um, these examples. Um, so uh, what I what I started to do was um, first meditation. Oh my god, meditation, meditation. Um, and meditation can come in any way 
Um, I enjoy I enjoy many different forms of meditation, but the one that really helped me first and foremost um, was my sound meditation because um, and my sound meditation not from outside sound but from myself. So what I would do is um, I would just uh, take a deep breath in and then I would breathe out sound. So I'd be like. And I would do that over and over and over and over and over again. Um, it would get louder. It would get more grander. I could feel it in my body. It would stop the voices that are telling me things that I know are not things that I need to hold on to. Um, I also uh, shifted my, um, my environment, my home environment. Um, like for example, I chose this apartment um, that I'm living in because of the sunlight. Like right now we are, this is, it's, it, it's, 10, it's 10, 14 in the morning. This sun is going to continue well in, it, it'll, it'll come, it'll continue straight. And my entire home is that way. Um, sunlight extremely important extremely important get your sunlight i also have a dog so when um when the injury started to um to heal up i would um i would then be able to take very slow walks with her in the sunlight in nature um i also um i would oh, I, I would sometimes buy i still have um they're all over actually actually yes yeah. so I still do this. <laughs> um, I I put all over all over the floor in my home every every week. I clean my home. I clean my whole home, and um, and I would drop I would drop fake silk uh, rose petals all over my home. So that way, I'm always walking on rose petals, no matter what. <laughs> hey, Princess Hakina. Hello. <laughs> Bark like a dog, <laughs> but um, <laughs> why you keep doing that? Damn it, you keep calling me. <laughs> I swear, you be conjuring me. You be. Con <laughs> um, be that's okay. I <laughs> so um, yeah, so yeah, you know, really getting creative with things. Um, uh, I would, I, I would. I increased my mirrors. I didn't have, I had no mirrors. And when I, and when I started to bring in the mirrors, I didn't recognize how scared I was at looking at myself. That was not the case before the accident. Hmm. I, I could not look at myself. I could not look, I could not look at my eyes. And I'm saying this and I'm taking a moment there because when I'm doing workshops, mirror work, and I'm asking people to look at themselves, it is very hard, very hard. It's one of the hardest work in all of my work, in orgasm work, in erectile dysfunction, in um, you, you name it, in, in sexual trauma, it is so hard for a lot of people to look at themselves in the mirror. Um, uh, and specific to a certain, a few generations. 
specific to a few generations. New generations, it's a little different. Make the love last longer by signing up and subscribing to the Love Thy Body Patreon page at patreon.com backslash love thy body. You'll have access to behind the scenes footage, workshops, and sexy extras you won't want to miss. Sign up at patreon.com backslash love thy body. Don't you wish you could sleep on clouds? Well, now you can with Art of Skywinds Decor Collection. Imagine diving into a warm, soft bed covered in beautiful heavenly clouds captured just for you by the sky himself. Well, go to artofskywind.com and get yours so you can sleep from cloud nine to 69. Right. I could imagine with uh, mm -hmm. what changes have happened with society over the last five or six decades. Uh, I'm sure the hubris that we have um, <laughs> has changed quite a bit. Right. So I'm sitting and I'm listening and I'm thinking about all these experiences that you're telling me and mm -hmm. how you've sort of for a while unknowingly lived in this orgasmic state and then you go through this traumatic events of uh, dealing with the killer and dealing with the personality of the women. sort of first entering the sex work then moving into the, the clinical studying um, psychological side. How did all of this stuff uh, start to affect your personal relationships? So what did you learn about yourself as you're um, navigating, finding this career path? How are you engaging with partners? Or are you realizing that you like um, this particular love style more than another? You know, how, what, what were you, what information were you gathering and, and noticing coming up? Mm, um, now or then or? <laughs> I would say retrospectively speaking, what? Okay. Going on? Okay. Sure, sure. Uh, relating to my partners. Yeah. And you don't have to go yeah. in detail like, you know, this person and that person, but just sort of yeah. you of, um, what sure. that development looked like, you know, because I, I know we've had personal conversations about some things. So I'm just curious of how that's developed in, in your sense of Amory and your sense of, um, what relationship styles were important or how your uh, you know you talked a little bit about choosing your sexual partners and, you know consent and being able to listen but what what other things were developing just so uh, we can have a, a full picture sure thank you um ah uh, um sitting in my heart space so, so anytime you see me look this way 
it's because I'm, I'm listening to my, my, um, yes, sir. my divine self. Yes. I'm listening to myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, yes. And uh, that's the, 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 the gift and the curse of being so present. Sometimes I don't know what I'm thinking until you ask me. <laughs> um, so with partners, Gosh, I've been, I've learned so many really, really deep lessons um, for myself. I'm speaking specifically for myself. Um, one of the things that um, was a really big question um, that I had been searching for from maybe, maybe 15 years old, um, and I'm, uh, I want to say is um, I questioned monogamy a lot. Um, monogamy didn't exist for me. I'm using these words now, but then it didn't exist for me. And I could not understand why you would, one would, I would choose one person over another to spend the rest of my life with it, it just it made no sense to me whatsoever and i really had to, and, and i and as that training that was offered in, in, in at the institute it you know i still hold it in and asking myself and questioning the why how do i feel about that what what makes me feel that way um and it and it comes back to love for me and how i love and i and I have become very comfortable with myself in my answer of, of not questioning it any longer. Um, uh, and that took, a, that took some years to get there um, because of just, you know, the society that we're in and the, the and, and um, you know, us understanding you know, what nuclear home was and nuclear family and all of these things that didn't exist for me in my life at all. So I didn't know where I fit, what, you know, what was happening. Um, I learned that um, my, who I choose in my relationships are a direct reflection of me. Um, and even the ones that are pissing me off, even the ones that have hurt me dramatically, um, where did I leave the space for that? Um, and not coming from a space of me being too hard on myself or, um, and I'm using words that, I, that have come up in my reflection, um, to not, not being too hard on myself or, um, or, having a, a, um, um, an expectation that I should be one way if, or another, but rather just, um, you can't, you, you can't, you can't have, you can't have a victim without having a perpetrator. You can't have offense without having defense. Um, and in understanding sexual energy and sexual flow, or excuse me, prim, our, our, um, our orgasmic flow, 
Um, rather, I'm, no, I'm using that incorrectly. Addressing how our sexual energy flows, whatever I am emoting, consciously and unconsciously, will bring to me the sum of what it is that is in front of me in this moment, in everything. So my navigation as a divine energy being, it is nothing but me choosing the experiences I wish to have. And so in choosing partners, it really is just a reflection of what it is that I wish to experience. And so that's how I choose my partners. Um, and because of my presence and how I work to be present, there is no question on whether or not, um, this is a deeply profound connection because I walk profoundly connected. Um, I have had. A few partners, primary partners, transition. They have died in my life. And um, that was the one thing that I still didn't have a full understanding of. Yo, why my partners keep dying? <laughs> you know, what's up with that? Like, I get, you know, if like I got, you know, right. you know, um, a a partner that, you know, is like, you know, very narcissistic and, you know, or, or, or just, you know, very active or, um, or super sensitive. I get all of that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. All that emotional stuff. I get all of that. Cool. But then I'm like, well, why do I keep having my partner die on me? What's going on with that? <laughs> when that killer cooch on them, that, that touches orgasm and got touched. <laughs> Oh man, that that's a that would be a gift and a curse. Oh my goodness! You gave him too much energy. Fuck it all out. Wait, what was the name of that movie with, with um with the with the vagina with the teeth? Oh, that... teeth. That was the name of it. Teeth. Mm -hmm. Oh, teeth. Teeth. <laughs> the the thing I went back to was uh uh Richard Pryor stand up when he talked about when his dad died. And he was like, uh, uh -huh. you know, his dad died when he was having sex with his girlfriend. And oh. he was like, for about two years, she couldn't get that pussy away. Well, nobody touching it. You want some this? No, I'm good. Thank you. It's okay. <laughs> Yo, not for nothing. <laughs> okay, it's only because I'm talking to you. Oh, man. <laughs> but real talk. You know, I hear my peers, my, my psychological peers talk about all these things that they get in their DMs. But like nobody slips into my DMs talking no slackness to me ever. Nobody, no, I do not and now, now I'm saying it, it's not Yeah. I mean, really no. <laughs> and when I <laughs> when I say slackness, sorry, that, that's a Brooklyn Jamaican term. Um <laughs> It just it it just means um, openness to express yourself in the raw, rawest form of your sexuality as possible. 
Right. <laughs> that might be a dick pic. That well, might be. That might be yo. You got some cash app so you could you know, but <laughs> but. <laughs> well, but somebody no, no said one... challenge accepted. you know, where people are coming up, but I, I have plenty, plenty of people that, you know, will, will DM me, hello, goddess, greetings, goddess, how is, how, how you know, don't, don't, that's what's, that's what's in my, my DM, which I'm very happy and proud of. You know, you it's know, funny, but... it's funny, hello, goddess is the new, Aisha, what's y'all mind? Aisha, 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 no, you know, but even catcalling was different for me too. Even catcalling, I didn't, I didn't get the catcalling the way everybody kept talking about when that whole thing was happening for the world really? in or in America. I got um, I, no, I got catcalling early on when I was er, when I was just hitting the streets like this, mm-hmm. you know, which was around twelve, eleven, mm-hmm. um. But because of that attitude, I was able to check them right away. And so because of that, I, I believe because of the energy that I continued to, to feed in that arousal, like, oh, that's how I'm being addressed. Well, let me let you know this, right? Back then I had plenty of practice. So I think I naturally vibrate um, uh, this energy where, uh, and I and I and I'm speaking. I'm saying, and I think I naturally. I'm saying, I I want to acknowledge that I'm speaking in this way because I'm also speaking to again people that don't necessarily understand what this is. So I'm not speaking with any definitives, and um, and I want you to think about it as well um, as as my reflection. So you know when I'm when I'm in the streets now. I mean, yo, I could be looking sometimes, yo, sometimes I leave this house looking, looking like real, real, like I don't have no home, like, you know, disheveled and I will still get greetings, goddess. Good afternoon, goddess. I'm saying hi to you because I know that you are highly blessed. Like that's how my reflection in my world speaks to me. Wow. That, that, is, that is what, that is what walking orgasmically is for me. Some real 1% game right there. Yo, yo, like, yo, camel toe and all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, so yeah, it is, it is definitely a privilege. It's a privilege. And I know that it's a privilege. And so I hold space. I hold space for, um, for those that are being harassed and they're very uncomfortable. And, um, and I hold space for those that are looking in themselves uh, for, how and what vibration can um, can they evoke to shift that? And not saying by no means, by no means, by no means saying that anyone is at fault because no one is at fault. This flow, again, has started well before you were even born. So um, we're just moving through this. We're moving through this. Again, there's no fear. And when we have orgasm, when we walk in bliss, there's no fear. And fear looks like all these different things, but I don't walk with that. Mm-hmm. So it just, the energy just hits different. 
and that's that that's my conversation also bringing it back to walking orgasmically and you know the life and death conversation it's it's all still very connected if it if anyone talks to me if anyone talks to me in a way because because I'm so used to being because I'm so used to being um, spoken to a certain way. If someone, if someone makes me repeat myself too many times, there's something that kicks up. You know, it's like wait, okay. and then I have to check my, I have to check my divinity and say, whoa, whoa, chill. It's okay. Mm-hmm. They don't know. They don't know. It's all right. All right. Okay. So let we hear. We hear. Instead of this, no, you're not talking about. <laughs> like to be offended is a luxury. Mm-hmm. To be offended is a privilege, right? So I'm not expecting anything because sexual energy is all things, and I am all those things. We are all those things. It's just what we choose to observe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of observing vibrations and sexual energy, we met at Sex Down South Conference. Talk a little bit about that experience, what you were doing there. Um, shout out to Tia and Marla. Love you guys. Tia and Marla. Just got our, yes. my invite back, so you'll see Love Thy Body there. Again, <laughs> for the second time. Yes. <laughs> But uh, yeah, okay. tell, tell us about your Sex Down South experience and what that was like. I know what y'all just witnessed was, uh, was a Sex Down South facilitator, like joy that we got accepted again so that we could keep sharing this love. So yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I was there because I was um, presenting, I was presenting um, orgasm as a healing modality. Mm. And, um, oh, and I will just say that that time that I was doing that, it's not the first time I presented. I presented many places with lots and lots of people um, all over the country, but Sex Down South was a very special thing that I held, not that everything else was not special, but it was a new special thing that I held because I, it was, it would be the first time that I really got to share in a, in this kind of setting with my peers. And for years I was just like, well, I'm not serving my peers. I'm, 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 I'm serving my peers. I'm always serving my peers. But, you know, I, I, it's like I wasn't checking for my other practitioners and my other facilitators because I know that they're good. And the urgency is not for us because we're already doing the work. It's for those that need the work. So presenting to my peers was like another mirror moment. Right. Yes afraid to look at myself and I felt it very viscerally I'm telling you it was yo I hit up Marla I was like on a text message I'm like yo I don't feel good I don't know if I can 
I don't feel good. I, I might be late. Oh man, I'm nervous is getting to you. <laughs> and my class started at 8 a.m. My session started at 8 a.m. Wow. So and and I was and I was the first and, and it was um it was 8 a.m. And you know, everyone was like partying the night before. So anyone that showed up at 8 a.m. had to they really had, want to be there. Right. They had to really want to right. be there. Right. So again, I'm faced with this, with this, this, um, this, this buildup, right? This buildup. I'm really trying to get out the, I'm really trying to, I'm really trying to get off this couch. And I know that I got on my Uber, my, my Lyft, I don't take Uber. My Lyft is, um, is 30 minutes away. So, yo, I got to do this. And I'm like, Oh, I can't. I felt like I was going to die. I don't, I don't, I don't even, I don't even have these kind of fears. So mm. I was like, oh my, I jumped out of planes 10,000 feet in the air and not had this kind of fear. So it's just to say it's all, it's all perspective. That's all I'm saying. Right. So, um, so I, <laughs> I finally got myself up. I'm fumbling. I got my things. And I'm like, oh. And I get to I get to the hotel, the Sheraton, and shout out to the Sheraton for holding us down so amazingly. And I'm 30 minutes late for my own session. Oh, shit. 30 minutes late. I am not like that. Like not 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 like when I was working at the the, the watch company. Like right. I'm the uh, second piece. I'm excited to do this stuff. What is happening? This is the interface with my fear. So I show up. And the people that walked, that were waiting showed up too. And so I'm getting my stuff together and I come face to face with this one person. And I'm gonna reserve saying, um, saying their name, but it was such a magical moment. That person was so mad at me. They said, I left the parties early to come and see you. And I was like, yeah, this is happening, isn't this? There's, this, is, this is the face of everything. This is the face of everything. Like, wake the fuck up. Are you going to do this work? What's going on? Right. So I interfaced with this, and, I, and I, I, I surrendered to it. I didn't fight back. I didn't even bring up how sick I was feeling. I didn't bring up anything. I surrendered to it. I shut my mouth. I had no excuses. I said, you're right. You're right. Let me have it. They let me have it. <clears throat> and, uh, and of course, they were co-signers because there were others in the room. <laughs> so I'll get, ooh, ah, ah, ah. And mind you, I'm also a martial artist. So, you, I, you know, I... <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it you ain't Bruce Lee. You just getting jumped. <laughs> ain't no Jackie Chan film. You ain't comedy writers. Energetically jumped, <laughs> and 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 with my own consent, clearly because I said to myself that I wasn't getting up off of that couch on time. Right. I'm gonna take the game. So I consented to that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's how consent looks sometimes, y'all. When I decided I didn't want to get up and be there on time or early, 
I knew that there was a chance that I was going to get energetically jumped. So, but I didn't know, but I knew. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know, but I knew. Mm. So, <laughs> so, um, so after, uh, so after I got jumped, you know, I just, I let, I just let them take me. And, um, and then I, I said, okay, well, after, and I, and when I, when I let my, and I was panicking, right. Cause I was getting attacked, right. attacked, <laughs> right. And once I surrendered, I was no longer being attacked. I was just observing as this flow as, as I was getting fucked up. So I just said, because I surrendered, I could hear myself. I could hear myself. And what myself said through my words was, okay, well, I understand that you're upset. And luckily, we are in an orgasm for healing modality session. <laughs> and oh, so this, this was an exercise. I needed you, <laughs> I needed you to be upset so that we could properly all be in the same space to do this work together. <laughs> <laughs> if you give me a chance to show you what my work does and you are open to this, then I will show you what orgasm as a healing modality will do. And then I said, are you open to that? I asked for their consent. And they all said yes. And then I said, okay. So I put down, I died. I died and got buried. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I'm born again. Hey. <laughs> and, I, and I took care of that class. And I did my work. And we got it and we got into it and we got that zone and we were in it and we were in that orgasmic space. And I'm telling you till now that the person that led that beat down, like we chill. We, we really chill. Like we are so chill. Like we talked maybe another hour afterwards. <laughs> so it's to say that when we surrender, it, it was me proving my own work to myself mm -hmm. over and over and over and over again. And my work isn't my work. My work is just the language of our existence in, 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 in all the different manners that we express it. Sexual energy is everything and everything is sex. So um, I then ran into, there, there, I, and then after I finished my work, then I said, oh, let me see what what kind of workshops do I want to do. Mm, let me see. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, I was like, oh, huh, that's interesting. I saw there was like love thy body, and then there was, but at the same time there was a Midori situation happening. Right. Um, and I was like, and everyone who you know, shout out to Midori, you're amazing. Love Midori. Um, I'm gonna have her oh, on too. <laughs> um. Uh. And the thing is, is that. I think when I, I, w I was walking by, but then Midori's class was so far in and I was like, oh, you know what? I don't think I'm going to be able to really catch this the way I know I want to catch it. And I know that 
she's also doing the keynote. So you know what, that's cool. I'm gonna wait for the keynote. And then I said, oh, let me see, what, wait, what's in here? And I was like, oh, everybody's naked in this room. Oh my God. That actually happened. <laughs> no, that no, that literally happened. I was like, people are naked. Ah! And then so I'm not gonna take this off because I'm getting hot. And um, <laughs> so I did not know that that was a love thy body workshop. I had no idea that that's what that was. Mm. <laughs> I didn't know it was gonna look like that. Right. And I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. I go in and um. And like, I'm taking off my clothes because everybody's already naked. So I'm like, oh shit, I got to catch up. So I'm taking off my clothes. And as I'm taking off my clothes, I am, I'm like, wait, wait what workshop is this? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Again, I didn't know that that was the... As I'm doing the workshop, I'm not hearing this. I'm just seeing it. I'm just yeah, he's kind of like, yeah, come in. Didn't really know you, but we had met through um, a mutual friend maybe yeah, the day before yeah. for five, 10 minutes. Yeah, At this point, we had you know, virtually no conversation. Right. Um, and by the way, when I met him that one time um, for like that two minutes, he approached me with an English accent. <laughs> and so... I'm like, oh, we international up in this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Not knowing when I show up to the workshop. <laughs> I mean, you know, we can't be all pip hip and cheerio shopping. That was my. <laughs> it was really good, y'all. It was a good accent. So. <laughs> I mean, every, every once in a while, I'll jolly put you on, you know. It's a, it's a good. Uh, oh operations to see how people really feel about things yeah <laughs> right but uh it was interesting so so what was your impression of the class i guess i'll set it up uh but i'm curious to sit here what your impression of that class was um you're actually the first guest i've had that was at the class so you'll be the first one to really kind of talk about it sure Pause for a moment. Okay. I so it's interesting because you're actually uh, the first guest we've had on that was at my class of, at any level. So you get to give people the first hand of where this podcast came from and what that experience was like. So from your perspective, what you saw, we'll start there and then I'll um, go back and give them the full setup of what happened. I know you came in a little late last time. Yes, I did come in a little late. So I did not get to experience the first half of the Love Thyself workshop that was going on because I didn't find out that that was the Love Thy, work, that love love thy Thyself body. workshop. Love, love Thy Body workshop. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Love Thy Body workshop until... I got in there and I'm already like, I'm taking off maybe the last piece of my clothing. Um, <laughs> Cause if anybody, if there's a group of naked people, I want to be there. Like I want to be there. So, but then um, I, I started asking questions cause I'm still doing that while I'm being my freest self. I'm just like, um, so what are y'all doing here? 
And then I, I started to experience person after person after person in your Love Thy Body workshop telling me how moved they were, telling me how you comforted them, telling me how amazing you are. Um, I walked into your reflection. I walked into your reflection and whatever, all I understand is energy first, right? So whatever I walked into, whatever energy field I walked into in that room, thanks Sheraton, um, was full of these small mirrors of you, all of them telling me about their open, like they, so they had already, already touched their orgasmic peak. I was walking into their orgasmic spaces and everyone was saying how you assisted you shepherd, you, you led them, you gave them the reference point, this place here, <laughs> you are here in finding comfort in their bodies. And if you've heard anything that I've said before, that touched me in such a deep way before I even got to know who you were. I was like, oh my goodness, who is this person? And I felt everyone. That was the other part. I felt it. Energy is my work. So this was, it was, it was a very soft and loving and warm and, and nurturing energy that I walked into. And I was like, who is this person? So I said, okay, I want to be a part of this. <laughs> and I looked over after I, because the chairs are all to the side and I and, um, and everyone's closed and everything is over there. Everyone is either getting dressed or because or, uh, it's towards the end. And I see there's a, there's a group of people all naked over here. And then Skywind is here. And then there is a camera, set, a, 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 um, a, a backdrop for people to take photos. And it's like well lit. And, and, and Skywind is on the floor nude with the camera and like, and, 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 and his body is contorted into a way that is, is like, you know, I mean, later we find out, but you know, a, a, like a b-boy stand slash, um, slash uh, gymnast <laughs> where like, cause his body is all contorted while his camera is up here. Like, so maybe his knee, his camera and his ear were all in one place. <laughs> and, um, and I was just listening to you give direction um, on, uh, but the way you were giving direction wasn't the way people understand direction. You were doing it as I would see, like you were very fluent in, in expressing sexual energy through language and or relating rather, because all you were doing was asking people about themselves. You were talking to them about their experiences. And in between the experiences, you were saying, wait, stop right there. Okay, continue, you know. And, and from that, you then showed them the magic. You would take a whole, I don't know how many photos you were taking, 
but then while you were shooting them, then you showed them the images and the eyes, the, the expressions of their faces when they saw what you captured was a face that I recognized as surprised, as, as, as surprised first. First is surprised. <laughs> there were other emotions that came after that, but that was the constant as if you taught them something new about themselves that they that they couldn't get to like there was a door that you opened that they didn't even know existed in their own damn house that's the face that i saw and i was like oh my goodness i'm next <laughs> but i wasn't i wasn't um and then just as we were still wrapping up there were, um, it was time to shift to the next session with, for the keynote um, for, uh, um, that Midori was going to share. And, um, and so there were a few of us that stayed afterwards to just be able to still shoot with you and just finish, which um, Skywin was very generous with his time on that. Um, and then, I got to mine, I'll just fast forward to mine now. And um, I've only had one nude shoot previous. And I love those, those images, it was different, but I've never really been, um, I've never been photographed. And I mean, and I used to represent photographers, um, uh, but there was an intimacy or a, a vibration that I felt like I required to, to be in front of the camera in that way. And this is also coming from a place where in that storyline that I was telling you, um, I, uh, I may not have had a problem looking into the mirror, but the idea of standing in front of a camera was an issue. It was an issue because it, it challenged my letting go. It's really easy to do something and let it go. But then when a camera is in front of you and it records, then it's, it's sustained in a very conscious way. And maybe I was at that time having a challenge with accepting the continuum of us. And so Skywind just talked to me, just like how we're doing now. And the images that he showed me at the end, I couldn't even, wait, you showed me, you showed me a few, you showed me a few that at the end and I did have surprise but I did I did look at it like it was me like it's me but I didn't get to see all of them and I was like well that was amazing and I did feel very connected to what you what you showed me and even during the shoot you shared with me who you were pieces of you as you wish to express them and in that moment, what you triggered in me by way of your expression or the exchange 
was me coming to face that continuum. Now that I'm really looking back at it, because I was asking you questions about what happened, why all these people are telling me all these amazing things. And Skywin proceeded to tell me his background. He told me the story of, um, of one of his, uh, his assignments in school and how he had to be resilient. And y'all gonna have to have hear that story another time, but <laughs> from, from here, but it, it spoke to how fluid he is, his emotional agility, his perception and observation of self, being able to be participant and observer in the same space so powerfully and so consistently and unyielding and uninterrupted. And it was that that made me say, oh my God, I need to know this person. I want to know more. And I just became very hungry for, which is also new because I'm not always hungry for, you know. Um, so, when, so when I find these, these personas that, that bring this thing out in me, right, is a reflection that I'm enjoying, a reflection that brings me deeper love of self and self, capital S, and self also everyone else in the world. So in my meeting you, you help me to learn to love deeper in that moment with just you sharing your story. So I felt almost like I got a whole lot extra that everyone else only got that two or three minutes of in your, in your, in your Love Thy Body workshop. And I just have such profound gratitude for, for your existence. <laughs> So um, that was my experience at um, at SES. Like that's that was that was my experience. So it was it was such a gift, and there were so many. So you gotta know, like that that whole that whole thing was very very orgasmic to a point of complete stillness for me. Like complete stillness. Like during our during our um, our end of that weekend. Um, during the end of that weekend, when we all had our party and man, this is the best, this is the best industry ever (laughs) because of just, just how we can be so free and still so conscious and, and with each other that I, I walked into this meditation where I had to just stop. I could not move. There was a, about 30 minutes had passed. I didn't know, but 30 minutes had passed and I was standing in our unisex, our, 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 our what, what, what's the other? Yeah, it was a, it was a unisex bathroom. A you, yes, you, a, a, a unisex bathroom. And, um, and my hands were on my womb and I could not move. Like I couldn't move. Like I, I had been so orgasmic in everything that I was, I experienced singularity in that moment. And in that moment, because I could not move, 
the only thing that I felt was you are worthy, 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 because that was the only thing that could have been felt because there's just so much, it's such an over, instead of it being overwhelming, that orgasmic love, that energy, that, that acceptedness of, of all things, it, it required that I expel no energy whatsoever physically and only hold the observation of the vibration of you are worthy so that I will be all accepting of everything that is coming, everything that is, um, that is entered, that, that, um, that is being stirred up during Marla and Tia's conference. And how dope, how dope that this, how dope that this thing is, is that while I was in that space, there were people that came to check. And I, and, and, and people were like, hi, I just want to make sure, do you need anything? These are the voices that I'm hearing. And I'm just like, I'm fine. Thank you. Another, another, uh, just a little later, you know, just checking on you. And this was in a bathroom where there's parties going on, there's sex going on, there's, um, there's <laughs> it's all sex. Um, <laughs> you know, all of these uh, things are going on. with toys. Yeah, oh, live, like it's live, yeah. it's live. And people still had the consciousness to just make sure that this chick that's standing in the corner right here and she's not moving, <laughs> let me just make sure she's good. Yeah. that's how dope we are how how when we're in that orgasmic space when we're in that bliss-filled space there's no fear of even each other that we have enough space that even that when you're having the best time and you are distracted and there's a million distractions that we still have enough time to check on ourselves and others that quick that quick this is our divine intelligence this is why sexuality, sexual energy, understanding the perspective is so important. So important. So important. We are energy. We are not people and then Mother Earth. Like, nah. We, we all of it. We're all of it. So when you talk about things like, you know, it, it, it's even in the power of our language, when we really start to get into that, and really know our divinity when we start talking like it and walking like it, like then we're feeding it. But it requires a responsibility, an intention, a presence. And when you're even in that presence, because it's so orgasmic, then you can find all these gifts in everything, in everything. And because you are in that space and you can find gifts in everything, then it also means that when things that may be uncomfortable like death show up, sickness show up, pain show up, you'll find that that is no different. It's just a different frequency. But the release is still the same. The release is still the same. And sitting in it and surrendering to it is still the same. It's still the same. It's fractals. It's fractals. It's we, we are the pattern. We are the energetic pattern. And the moment that you resist it, you allow that energy, that that pattern that's looking to to be to to, ex, to be expressed, 
through emotion or visuals or whatever that, that pattern is, when you allow yourself to surrender to that pattern or have a higher frequency that you can change the pattern, that's, that, that's the navigation. That's, that's what walking orgasmically is. That's what walking in our divine selves is. That is that's, that's our primordial work. That is the reason why it's so important to understand that sex is not separate, that it's not dirty, that the body is not, is not, is not dirty, that whatever you do is all you and just how you express. So, um, I'm just sitting in this gratitude because even in this pandemic, um, it allows us opportunity to finally be able to observe that even if it's painful because how else are we going to shift our pattern if we don't sit in it, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, that's some great insight into what your experience is. Like that yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was all the yeah. way that you experienced mine, yours, and you know, just some of the other memories. So, if you haven't been to a sex town south, you gotta go. Mm -hmm. If you gotta have, go. forward to seeing you. Such good energy. Um, <laughs> as we're talking about energy, let's shift energy a little bit to a different topic, which is um, sort of my lane, which is media where you've had quite a bit of traction. Talk about some of the more memorable inter interviews you've had and what mm. some of your frustrations are with dealing with uh, the media and the conversation around sexuality. Yeah. Thank you for that question. Um, this, is a, this is another orgasmic point for me, so thank you. Um, this, or what I mean to say for those in, for translation, um, there is a there there was some buildup around that conversation for, within myself. Um, I uh, I did gain a I did gain a little bit of traction in media, and some of my memorable moments around um, around that time was. Um, <laughs> there's okay 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 so the one at the breakfast club um uh okay so Charlemagne now touch I was touring with touchless orgasm and I was showing everyone how we can access orgasm without being touched so we can also tap into bliss state and working with energy um and so <laughs> I went on to the breakfast club. We went on to the breakfast club, who I was touring with, and um, uh, and I was with Punani Poet. Um, and uh, Charlemagne jumped out of his seat, jumped on the floor, and said, okay, do it to me. And then I'm like, I don't think that's gonna, it's not gonna work like that. Like it's, I mean, you got, we got cameras, you just playing, like we, we need a, we need a minute to, and he's like, no, no, come on, come on, come on. And so 
you know, I get it. It's media. I know it needs to be entertaining. I totally get it. That's why we're in this pandemic. We're having this conversation. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> uh, and I did. I asked them to do some of the exercises. And midway, not even midway, as I started, you know, because it's very high energy in that, in that little studio. Lots of energy. Lots of powerful beings that are all shooting at the same time. Mm-hmm. And he goes, what, what? I got to tighten my butt, but, but. And, and I'm also dealing with my camera issue. <laughs> so when I'm dealing with that, I'm laughing because that, that was my go-to to laugh. And then I laugh. And even on, vid- on video, you can see it. I laugh. And as I laugh, I laugh down, right? Because this was a confidence thing. And so it, when you're feeling that, ha, 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 ha. Right. So um, because that those fears are, are, are experienced in our bodies different ways. And so I went down and um, what it looks like on camera is that I headbutted his crotch. But I did not just to let y'all know, I did not headbutt his crotch. It was just perspective. Right. <laughs> Foreshortening, as we call it in the industry. Huh? <laughs> Foreshortening, as we call it in the industry. Forward shortening. Thank you. It was forward shortening, y'all. All right? Just letting you know. Another one. Um, <laughs> so there was no way for me to, you know, to even bring him there at all. Not me because of the energy that I brought there, which was that nervous, that nervous energy. So, th- so there was no way we were going to get this deep during that time. There was no way. And then on top of it, all those other personalities in the room are like, what? Tessa's I'm not doing that shit. I'm not doing that. All right, let me do it. You know, so whatever. Moving on. The second one that was really memorable real fast was Sway. Sway on Sirius. Um, And uh, we were being interviewed while Trump was being inducted into office the same day. The same time. The same time. (laughs) Wow. And one of the questions was about him and what, you know, what do I think is going on with him? And, and I, I said, I know that he's not having the orgasms that I am talking about. <laughs> he's not. Not, he's not. He can't be. He can't be. He can't be. He's never even been close to one. Huh? He's never even been close to one. He hasn't even had an American pie. <laughs> no, not even the American pie. Yeah. And that's the and that's the thing. Like when you really start to walk orgasmically, you can tell right away seeing someone what what that is for them, where yeah. they are. You can see all of it. There's no lying. There's no hiding it. <laughs> you know. You can feel it. You know the energy. You know what the energy looks like. You know what it feels like. So that was also interesting and then i think um and then the most uh my nervousness was still like a part of a part of a lot of i believe part of the reason why um some of these things happened the way they did why they met there but also my nervousness is is connected to worldview of sexuality um and so to be fair, like, you know, Charlemagne is the, out of the three, the host that is the, 
sort of polarizer. He's either going to push you far one way by agreeing with you and going with some shit, or he's going to take you the other way and be completely yeah. contrarian. So it's like, you know, mm-hmm. depending on the topic, the day, how much him and Envy have going on in their weird, you know, romance on air, which is hilarious. It's a great play for the, you know, for the tour. It is, it is. It makes that show really dynamic and work. It's like, depending on what's going on and who that guest is and how revered they are, you just might walk into some shit. Like, there might, there might not be a win. <laughs> right. You know, that, you know that's the chance you take on the Breakfast Club. That's true. That's true. That's true. You know, someone like Sway is... Right. You know, somebody like Sway is a little more balanced. He's going to be respectful until he catches something. And then it's all chum in the water if he catches you on some shit, you know. But... <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 You know. So, I mean, yeah. you know, when you look at these different journalistic styles and, um, you know, playing for radio um, for some of the, the shorter formats, um, mm-hmm. what what's something that you hold through longer mediums like this podcast, what we're able to do on our socials and through some of the other things that we put together? What are some of those messages that you're hoping to really get? Mm-hmm. What are those messages? Um, uh, um, the biggest message uh, is that um, to be simply to leave space for what you don't know that you don't know um leave space for what you don't know that you don't know um have compassion um be curious and if you notice that you're not curious then either find something that you're curious about or ask yourself why. Um, if, if, there, if there's anything to say, you know, um, because having, I think, those, those considerations just allow you to, to navigate everything else. Because sexual energy, I can tell you a million things about sexual energy, but it is everything already. Um, and, my, and, and the only thing is that my seat, the, where, where the role that I play is just, um, my path or the gift that um, I'm bringing in is to to understand how to navigate it and just doing it from a, a sexuality perspective that is gleaned through me this way. Yeah. That's profound. Tell people where they can find you. Sure. Um, uh, on social media everywhere, I am um, at Nikki Experience. Everything from Cash App to Facebook, um, I'm across the board, Nikki Experience. 
So, and including the website, NikkiExperience.com. So that's where you can find me. <laughs> Thank you. And there you have it. And you know what I thought about? A good show for us? We should do, um, I think, Ye. I think in the Breakfast Club, Ye is probably the one that brings the most facts. But I think her yeah. lip service is like dope. That's true. I haven't, I haven't, and you know what? Her, her uh, opportunity for her came up twice for me, but it was when I had just finished my, my interview with Trojan, or not Trojan, but the owners of Trojan. Mm -hmm. um, and I just sat down with New York Post and and somebody else, but I remember being so frustrated because there was no way for me to really have a conversation with them the way I really wanted to, because I just felt like, oh my gosh, like, like, um, like when I was talking to the people at Tro with Trojan, um, they were asking me about touch. They wanted me to talk about touch, and they wanted they, they asked me, well, you know, what do I think is a way to um, to uh, to reach, you know, different people around, you know, around this conversation. But they put me in a room with like five white men, no, four white men, one Asian guy, and one white woman. And I'm like, and um, there's no, like, of course you're not gonna know different ways because the, at the core of it, no matter what, you, no matter what I say to you, you're going to process it, your perspective that you hold in the world. So of course, you're not going to get the information and the content that you need because your, 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 your very core of the, of the source of, of what's creating your companies is not diverse. So of course, you're not going to understand. But they don't understand that. <laughs> or, or, when, or, or when I did it for, um, for New York Post, they gave me someone um, a, a, a volunteer, right? They chose the person. And I did touch this orgasm on the person and the person had a laughing gasm, right? An orgasm that, that came with laughter. And then they interviewed her after and they asked her questions. They were like, um, they were like, um, uh, okay, so did you feel aroused? And she said, yes. Says, oh, you know, and, and, and she even expressed that, you know, she felt, um, she, she also felt wet in her underwear. Um, she, um, you know, she expressed everything that she experienced. Then they said, oh, okay, great. Well, um, can you jump back on that table and, and, and like have a real orgasm now? And I'm just like, there is no way that in the next 10 minutes that we have for filming, that I'm gonna be able to explain to you right now why what you understand of orgasm is ruining this video right now. <laughs> so do what you need to do. <laughs> and so when I and, and I'm just going through these frustrations, and I'm just like, yo, these are people that are that are offering information to the general public and they're not educated or they're not they're not doing their own self-work and so how 
I'm not doing no more interviews. I'm done. <laughs> and I, so the, so the opportunities where that came up, I just sort of, I just got to forget it. No, I'm not. I'm good. I'm good. And then I got hit by the car. And then I got hit by the car. So living orgasmically also, you need to really be mindful about when you get into this consciousness, because when you have this real frustration that you're not choosing anymore and it's choosing you, that shit will come for you. The same way the love and the goodness comes for you. It's all love. It's all sex. But you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. So it, it pulled me all the way down, that energy. I went head to head with it. <laughs> and then I got hit by the car. Like, SUV hit my body. And I could not access my orgasm the same way. And I had a long stretch to heal. And there was a lot of really fucked up things that happened with it. <laughs> and, um, yo, and I worked my way out of it. I navigated my way out of it to get my orgasm back and to walk orgasmically again. Like, yo, shit started switching, changing, turning so fast, so dramatically, really fast. So, you know, it's just saying like that it's, it's real for me and I'm happy to show you what my tools are in that as well. There you have it. Yeah. The indomitable Nikki Morgan. <laughs> Nikki experience. This has been today's edition of Love Thy Body. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Nikki, for coming. and. Uh, We'll see you soon with another great edition. Make sure you come back, like, subscribe, and check out our links. They're all listed below. Make the love last longer by signing up and subscribing to the Love That Body Patreon page at patreon.com backslash love that body. You'll have access to behind-the-scenes footage, workshops, and sexy extras you won't want to miss. Sign up at patreon.com backslash love thy body.